0: I'm Heather,
1: and I'm Corey,
0: and this is Movie Shelf, where we talk about movies, movie trivia, and just about anything related to pop culture. We're glad you're here. It's time to put on a happy face.
1: <laughs> oh no! Should I go? Sorry. A <laughs> little tribute to uh, Mark Hamill's Joker. <laughs> that, that, was, that was quite a laugh.
0: In today's episode, we're talking about the new Joker movie. We'll also chat about our picks of the week, movies coming out, and of course, we'll enjoy a side of
1: bacon. Mm, Bacon.
0: Well, before I begin on talking about the movie, I just want to say we're back! Yay!
1: After a hiatus of of a while.
0: (laughs) Yes, we had some unexpected family things come up and... We haven't recorded in a while, but we are back, so we're having fun getting back into the podcast. All right, so Joker. This is the Joaquin Phoenix Joker, or I guess also the Todd Phillips Joker. This Joker- Was that the
1: uh, director? Yes. Okay.
0: Which I find interesting, because Todd Phillips, we know him best for comedies, like The Hangover. And so this is, oh, to me, yeah, very, very different uh, than yes. what I think we most know him from. This Joker gives us a fresh option for an origin story of one of the greatest villains ever.
1: Definitely. One of the most iconic.
0: And in this Joker, um, he his name is Arthur Fleck. I don't know if that's at all ever in any of the stories or, or comic book storyline. I don't know. But he's Arthur Fleck. He's a clown as his day job who dreams of being a comedian. He also battles... Uh, let's
1: use the term clown loosely. I mean, well, it's, not like, different... it's not like he he's hired to go do kids' parties or anything. I mean, he was a, a glorified sign spinner, okay?
0: Well, there was that, but he also had other shows. He was a renta clown. If you needed a clown, he could be there. He also battles, he also battles unfortunate social situations as well as his... As his own mental demons. Yes. Um. There's a lot going on that's affecting him. So as I mentioned, it stars Joaquin Phoenix. He's the Joker. Felt like as I was watching it, I was like, I feel like I'm watching Johnny Cash. Because, yeah, from his Walk the Line movie. But we, we really like Joaquin Phoenix. We really enjoy most of the oh, things yes. he does. And then Robert De Niro, he's also in it. He is Murray Franklin. He's kind of like, like a Johnny Carson yes, kind of exactly. guy. I
1: kind of definitely got that feel.
0: And then, as I mentioned, it's directed by Todd Phillips. It also has Brett Cullen. I think he played Thomas Wayne and Zazie Beetz, um, making her second superhero type movie. It's not really a superhero at all, though. Comic book movie. Um, there you go. Since she was in Deadpool as a Domino, I believe, right? And then Frances Conroy. She played Arthur's mother. I most know her from American Horror Story. So I think the moment I saw her in the previews, I was like, ooh, my, you know, raise my eye about her. Her storyline and that in those shows can be interesting. So, what did you like about the movie, Corey?
1: Um, some likes and dislikes. Some of the things I really found interesting is that as uh, so this take on the Joker. So we have a story in which you have the Joker, which was partially created by society. Okay, you got the thugs that kind of help create them. You also have a broken down social system that definitely fails him. And this story is. I feel like it's kind of, kind of going to open a can of worms that society is not going to want to have open because it has you feel some remorse for this character who ends up being a terrorist, okay? And it I think it's a kind of a reflection on our society, you know, because, you know, the the environment he was in helped create him.
0: Well, I definitely think it gives you some food for thought. And, yes, um, I think it shows that I don't think it takes all the blame away from him because, you know, everyone is has to... Be responsible for their actions yes. but it definitely helps explain perhaps what prompted him and what pushed him over the edge to kind of go the direction he went and and i don't know if it's necessarily that it will create a can open a can of worms i think it definitely gives you something to ponder and gives you things to think about and in fact when we left i kind of just commented to you that I feel very blessed with the way that I grew up, um, and I think even with the way you grew up, the opportunities that we had, or verse, you know, vice versa, the hardships we didn't necessarily have. I mean, yeah,
1: unfortunately, not everybody grows up with two parents at home nowadays, and, right. and so forth. So that alone creates some hardships, obviously. Right,
0: and you know, in the movie, one of the um, kind of ongoing things that you see is that the garbage, not garbage, the, uh, the waste collection services are on straight. So garbage is piling up and, you know, living in that scenario where there's just garbage on the street, where you are being maybe kicked into it, where you are being told you're garbage, essentially, you know, obviously that definitely will shape you and affect you. And then
1: and I'm sure that the garbage building up on this video is in some ways a parallel also that the director is yeah. trying to convey.
0: Yeah, very metaphorical. I think there's a moment where, you know, he we mentioned that he's dealing with some mental demons and essentially things happen and he doesn't get to have his medication anymore and things of that nature. And yeah. I think all of a sudden you see that things start changing.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: and, and so you know and other things happen getting,
1: getting flipped,
0: you know other things happen where you know maybe the the people he should be able to trust the most are not people he can trust, and so that's affecting him, so there's a lot of things affecting him, and a lot of things just chipping away and chipping away and I don't think it offers a justification; I think it just offers as I mentioned, an option for his origin,
1: yes. I mean, so would you say that he was raised by an unstable single parent?
0: It appears that way, yeah. Yeah,
1: so you got that going too. <laughs> yeah.
0: I thought that the movie felt very genuine. I think the way things played out, I think I was watching it always like bracing myself like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? Where are we going to go? What? How is this going to turn and evolve? But I think it all played out very well. It was not fully to how I expected, which is good. I mean, I, I feel like... I was a little surprised as at how things played out. It wasn't predictable, even though I know you know this is the Joker, and I know what we know the Joker will become. How they were going to connect all the dots yes. was interesting to me, and um, and so because I was kind of bracing myself the whole time because I wasn't sure how everything would play out. It definitely was a thrilling movie because you weren't sure what to expect.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And... And at the
1: same time, I found it very gratifying when you finally see Joaquin's uh, Joaquin's character fully embrace the Joker-ness.
0: So there's a... There's a moment where and I think you even see him in the preview where it you know, he's going on a uh the the comedy show, the kind of the the Johnny Carson type show. And that's where he, you know, asks to be introduced as yeah. Joker. So he's definitely Assuming this persona now, and and you see that shift, that confidence shift in him. And it's think
1: very he, interesting. I even think that maybe we saw that a little bit beforehand when he's going to the show. Yeah. You know, dancing down the rainy steps and so forth. Is like, yeah, something's happened here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's put on that mask and he is feeling good now. And I've, I felt that the way we see him evolve falls really well into. The way we've seen the Joker, primarily, I think, in some of the animated films and even the animated TV show. You know, less, even less so than some of the movie adaptations of the Joker. Um, Because there are some animated movies where he is so much darker and so much more menacing than we've even seen in the films. Now, granted, Dark Knight with Heath Ledger, obviously, Ledger's Joker was very conniving and you know almost evil just you know all the the traps and everything that he oh, yeah. was he was just obsessed and um so everything he did of course was very dark and i think in some of the animated films you see that but sometimes even more so
1: that kind of leads to one of my disappointments with the Joker movie okay is that in most or in a lot of the incarnations that you see of him meaning the animated but you kind of get a little bit of the sense of that with the Heath Ledger one also is that yes he's this very evil Maniac, but at the same time, a very brilliant mad genius. And that aspect of Carol, I think, was really absent from this movie. You didn't see any signs of that at all.
0: No, no, granted, I mean, this character may continue to evolve and with this newfound confidence, you know, maybe some of that Possibly. will come out. Possibly. But you're right. As far as I mean, I
1: mean he, he could almost I mean, with all these switches that that get flipped as we're talking, maybe one of these is like a intellectual flip that all of a sudden is almost like a a multiple personality also in this new personality emergence side of that that's just like so different than the one he's been originally and just has all these new abilities that are surfacing that were not there before possibly.
0: Right. And I think with that, I think as you mentioned it, you would have liked to have seen him kind of tinkering with things or something. Or or playing mind
1: games with people or or something like that. And
0: he definitely really wasn't, you know, he, for the most part, was always journaling some of his comedy, which is very dark and awkward.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If existent at all.
0: Yeah. So... So there's definitely gears turning in his mind. So we'll see how they continue to evolve. But I think we even noticed this. I think we watched like some videos. You know, we mentioned that there's definitely some similarities of the darkness level, I think, between Joaquin's Joker and like Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah. But there's still, you know, I could see aspects of, you know, Jack Nicholson's Joker in there. You know, especially the idea of like toward the end after the... Tonight Show scene and, you know, and everything kind of is going up in chaos and, you know, you could see him kind of assuming some of the, the role that Jack Nicholson, because Jack Nicholson essentially was a thug who had his, you know, crew with him. Oh, yeah, I, I
1: mean, think, the, the the Joker crew. So, right. you kind of see this little emergence of the Joker crew right. building at the very end of the movie.
0: And, so. then, um, and then, of course, there's the Mark Hamill Joker, which is probably, like, our favorite Joker.
1: Yes. My and, favorite for sure.
0: Yeah, and so because he's of course the animated Joker, and um, and he's there's, been the
1: voice of the animated Joker for over thirty years. So yeah, right along with Kevin Conroy being the voice of Batman. So,
0: <laughs> and so of course there's a lot of um, connections there, just because um, that Joker is he definitely likes to play on the comedy a lot. Um, he definitely has a bunch of little zingers and one liners, but at the same yeah. time he's just very dark and. You know and and just kind of crazed. So I think it definitely shows just how fascinated he is with Batman. And so and and I feel like Joaquin's Joker you see breadcrumbs of that possibility. Um although I guess it would be more so fascinated with the Wayne family.
1: Yeah, so yeah, yeah there's no fascination with Batman this movie because there is no Batman.
0: That is true. But it just made me think about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like there are two ways to kind of think about this film. I think you can kind of either think of it as archful, or you can kind of think of it as a social observation. Or maybe you can think of it as both. Oh yeah,
1: definitely both.
0: So yeah, you can kind of go to see it, and it's just a film. Or you go see it, and as we mentioned at the very beginning, kind of has that food for thought. And um, I was listening to the Chris Hardwick podcast, and he was interviewing Joaquin, and Chris Hardwick mentioned that... After he saw the film, you know he—I guess he felt that it just—you know—we need to be nicer to each other, and I think yeah. that's definitely a good, a good takeaway to have from anything, you know. that yeah, let's let's be nicer to each other, and definitely be a little bit more mindful to how we are affecting each other. So in the film, you learn that he his laugh is actually this a condition that he has that he can't really control,
1: which is a real condition that it, that is a rare condition. Right. But it it does exist.
0: So I feel like that perhaps as he continues down this path, you know, it may go from like a reactive kind of laugh to maybe more of a proactive and he starts using it as part of his persona as Joker.
1: Yeah, you had mentioned to me that that you would like to see him like get a little bit more control or take ownership of of his uh, condition, but you're not sure if that was actually portrayed well or not.
0: Right. Like I well, I think I was saying that I would have loved for the film to have ended. Like the film ended screen go black and then you just hear the laugh. But almost <laughs> less in that reactive yeah. way that you mainly heard it through. Less the movie, of the
1: condition. Trigger. And
0: more in that evolution of he's controlling it now yeah. and he's owning it and using it. And so I I just thought that would have been really cool to hear at the very end close of the film. Just, again, where he just totally embraces this. A nice
1: Mark Hamill cackle. (laughs) Yeah. Which I do feel like in the movie there were a couple of them that was a little bit of a nice homage to his Joker. Mm -hmm.
0: So all in all, I thought it was definitely, they did a fantastic job with it. They did a really good, a really good job. Um, It's not a superhero film. Oh no. It's, you know, it's, it's. You could say it's a villain type of film, but it's almost, it's just, it's just—it's a film, and this is just the character. Yeah, it's it just, does you take happen place in the
1: comic book world. Yeah, yeah, it's in Gotham. But no superheroes involved.
0: Yeah. All right, Corey, what's the verdict? Does it make the movie shelf or not?
1: Well, I was very thoroughly entertained by this movie. And it does uh, put a really interesting viewpoint on the Joker. I'm not sure if it's going to be one that I'm going to rush out and buy when it comes out on video, though.
0: So, perhaps not making the official movie shelf. I think for me, I definitely want to see it again. Because, again, as I mentioned, I kind of watched it almost like mentally reserved. Because I was bracing myself for what was going to happen. Mainly because I felt like we were hearing rumors of, I don't know. Who knows? And it was just infusing in my mind of, like, what in the world am I going to be seeing? And then it's like, okay, okay, so I've gone over the main hump of this roller coaster, so let's do this again now that I'm
1: expecting things. I still say it is a Mm must-see, but I'm not not sure if it's a category of a must-see I'm going to want to watch over and over and over.
0: Yeah. Now, I think for the most part, it's you know it's you know it's not necessarily a happy film and it's not necessarily <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's not necessarily a feel good film by any means so sometimes you know it's kind of like you know million dollar baby it's a good film, but do you really want to watch it all the yeah, time? Yeah,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: so, I although I imagine this one, you know, it has enough quirkiness to it that it probably will be played on TV at some point, you know, when we...
1: Oh, yeah, definitely if it's on HBO and it's on, yeah, I'll probably be flipping to it for sure.
0: But as far as a conscious effort of let's go watch it, that might be not the case. So yeah. it doesn't at the moment make the movie shelf for me. But I do want to watch it again, and I do recommend it for anyone. Definitely for anyone that already likes the Joker and and especially or that likes, likes DC. That world in general, you know, yeah. DC is a darker. Usually, it seems to be darker on storylines.
1: <laughs> to quote Deadpool, "You're so dark. Are you sure you're not from the DC universe?" <laughs> <laughs>
0: so it definitely falls well into that line if you like films that are a bit more dramatic that play off of the comic book storylines then you'll definitely enjoy it but it is dark um and it's it's not magical like there's no yeah
1: there's nothing supernatural in it at all
0: yeah so it's all very raw and real so that i think adds to the darkness so, Corey, are you ready for my Joker trivia?
1: Joker trivia? Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay, I love these. Spontaneous trivia you just pop on me during these podcasts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so this one will be similar to what we did for Spider-Man. Okay. So I'm going to give you some quotes.
1: Oh, boy. Okay. And
0: then you get to let me know if this is Ledger, Nicholson, okay. or
1: Hamill. Ooh. Okay. Right. Or, no, or Noah Keen? No Keen. Okay.
0: Tell me something, my friend. Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight?
1: Oh, Nicholson, come on.
0: (laughs) Where is he? He's never been this late before. There's a certain rhythm to these things. I cause trouble, he shows up, we have some laughs, and the game starts all over again.
1: Don't got to say Hamel.
0: Yes. Where does he get these wonderful toys?
1: Ah, Nicholson.
0: Yes. Do I look like a guy with a plan? You know what I am. I'm a dog chasing cars. I wouldn't know what to do with one if I caught it. You know, I just do things.
1: (laughs) Definitely Ledger. One of his better lines, for sure.
0: So far, you are correct all the way. Without Batman, crime has no punchline. I'm going to say Hamel. Yes. A bat in the hand is worth two in the belfry. I hope I pronounced that right. Hamel? Yeah. Okay. Why so serious? Ledger. The pen is truly mightier than the sword. Nicholson. Yep. And here
1: we go. Ledger.
0: It's true, Batsy. I know everything. (laughs) Hamill.
1: No other joker says Batsy. (laughs) But go ahead and finish the quote.
0: (laughs) It's true, Batsy. I know everything. It's kind of like a kid who peeks at his Christmas presents... I must admit, it's sadly anticlimactic. <laughs> Alright, good job, Corey. You got all the Joker trivia. Yay! Now it's time for our picks of the week. Ooh, boy. So I think we talked about this for our picks, that rather than trying to think of movies that might have a similar feel to this particular Joker film, we wanted to pick two animated Joker films related films that came to mind
1: Mm, limiting it to the animated world
0: right so i i have i think our picks of the week so hopefully you're in line with that (laughs) (laughs) so the first one and i i'm pretty confident we probably already talked about this one before but the first one is return of
1: the joker oh definitely
0: how about Corey? you give us the synopsis for this one
1: so this is bruce wayne geriatric bruce wayne Well, he's older. Oh, come on, in in his 70s. (laughs) And, you know, he hasn't been Batman for years, but he he has this protege that's taken over the mantle of Batman.
0: Right. Is that Terry Gillis? McGinnis. McGinnis. Terry McGinnis.
1: And...
0: And for anyone that watched watched the cartoon series, this would be like the Batman Beyond cartoon series. Yes.
1: So this is the Batman Beyond cartoon series. And one of the nice things about it is that it's still Kevin Connery doing the voice of Bruce Wayne. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like he's been the voice of Bruce Wayne for or Batman forever. But um and the the Joker has presumably been dead for years. Decades even.
0: Right. It seemed to be like a very dramatic event.
1: And all of a sudden, he comes back.
0: Hence return of the Joker. And
1: he's not 70 years old. Like No, he is in his prime. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so yeah, of course is Mark Hamill again reprising his Role of the Joker as well and everything else. So
0: and it's definitely a mind game that no, the Joker definitely. is playing yes. because again he's not supposed to be there and all these things are happening and they're trying to figure out is it a copycat or what and and it's interesting because the film brings in people so like Barbara Gordon who's also older because yes. you know so Batgirl and it brings in which Robin. Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson. Who's a uh, Nightwing. Right. So he's, you know, older. He's not as old as Barbara and yeah. Batman or Bruce Wayne. By but,
1: yeah, yeah. After his brief stunt as Robin, he went off on his own. And so Batman has gone through a series of Robins in the Batman yeah. canon. So
0: so it is definitely interesting. And I think it, you know, it takes place even in the future from what our current oh yeah present definitely. day is right now. So definitely worth a look. It's a... I think when I first watched it with you, I was like, oh, this is pretty dramatic for a cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the next one, or our other pick, is Under the Red Hood. Yes. And I'm, again, going to toss it to you, Corey, to give the synopsis.
1: Okay, so this is uh, one element that the Joker movie has definitely left out, but in the general Joker canon, he's a failed comic, and then he kind of becomes a thug himself involved in a... Small mob or whatever, and then he had a tragedy befall on him that then makes him into the Joker. Right. And this movie just kind of skipped over the whole Red Hood part, which was his thug persona, I guess you could say.
0: When you say this movie, do you mean Under the Red Hood or do you mean yes. The
1: Joker? Okay. Yeah, Under the Red Hood. But in this movie, so the, you know, the Joker's been in Joker for some time. He's and over then, in
0: Arkham, although mysteriously yeah, and, and vanishes all the time. Yeah,
1: he's in the, yeah, he's always breaking out of the, the mental institution, but you have a newcomer in the crime world that's taken over the other crime organizations mm-hmm. and is donned himself as the new Red Hood. Right, and he is so domineering that the some of the other crime lords become desperate. And actually break the Joker out and try to hire him to take out this new threat.
0: After we watched the, Joaquin's Joker movie, we went home and actually just went ahead and watched this movie. Because yes. it definitely, I think of probably of all of, of all of the Joker movies, probably the way you kind of see him in Under the Red Hood.
1: Is and and knowing movie, some yeah. of the
0: story of Under the Red Hood feels most in line with what we saw in the
1: Joker movie. Yes. Um,
0: I think the only difference might, or the only only other option might be that Killing Joke film. I'm not totally yeah, sure. Yeah,
1: that was kind of a weird one, though. So. Yeah,
0: so anyway, we'll stick with Under the Red Hood. Yeah. As Corey mentioned, you know, with it being like this failing comic and you know things like that. Of course, the Joker movie, there's no vat of, you know, acid and chemicals and stuff like yeah. that to turn him into anything. Like I said, it's all oh, no, just... No, it does touch on that in Joaquin's film?
1: Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no, right. no, no Yeah, no,
0: I was no, saying in, in the Joker movie, it, yes. there's nothing of that sort. And I love the fact that in Joaquin's Joker film, he puts on a red suit rather than that purple, you know, that you eventually see the Joker in, which again, I think falls in line with like the red hood. You know? Yeah. So to me, it kind of, it falls in line with that as far as the beginnings of the Joker and where he will eventually become. So yeah, so starting... definitely
1: the other portrayals of the Joker we've seen, both live action and anime, This is probably the one that closely falls in line with the uh, Wolverine Phoenix one. Yeah. So this was is one of the rarer animated Batman movies that does not have the classic Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill pairing. Because uh, I think it's definitely one of the, the later ones, but uh, they got Bruce Greenwood to be Batman, who did a really good job, I feel, in in, uh, in that movie. And they got a uh, I'm not. Do you, are you familiar with the uh, John DiMaggio?
0: No, although I think we've just seen him in other instances of okay. These movies, and they got
1: him to be the uh, the voice of the Joker, mm-hmm. and they got your guy.
0: Yes, so Jensen Ackles he to was... be
1: the new Red Hood, which we won't do any spoilers on on who that is.
0: <laughs> right, and sure. so, and I like Jensen Ackles because he's Dean from Supernatural.
1: And as an interesting choice, they got Neil Patrick Harris to be Dick Grayson. <laughs> yes,
0: or, and he was Nightwing, Nightwing in this film. All right, so those are our picks of the Week, Return of the Joker, and Under the Red Hood. They're both animated, and they're definitely dark and dramatic. <laughs> yeah, both
1: have very, very excellent written storylines.
0: Yes, as most DC animated films do. All right, Corey, now it's time to talk about what's coming out soon. Okay. So the first preview that we saw was for Ford versus Ferrari, and I don't think we've already talked about that one yet. Don't believe so. But I'm super excited for it. If anything, I mean, looking at some of the racing scenes that they showed in the film just looks super cool. Yes, it does. It's starring Matt Damon and Christian Bale. Matt Damon is playing Shelby, so, and I guess he's working on trying to make the Shelby Mustang. Is that what we're doing?
1: Here? Yes. Okay. <laughs> the or the Shelby. Ford. The Cobra. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's all about can I guess the American-made Shelby Ford beat I guess a Ferrari, and it looks like Christian Bale is the driver that is going to be the one to hopefully do that.
1: So definitely based on a true story, which to me makes it all the more exciting.
0: <laughs> so that's on our radar. Um, that I think comes out next month. So looking forward to it. The next movie we saw, and. I don't even really know what to say too much about it other than it looks interestingly quirky is Jojo rabbit.
1: Oh, good grief. So
0: this is the (sighs) latest movie from Taika Waititi, which we really like him. He's a quirk so far. (laughs) (laughs) And it looks like it's taking place in kind of Nazi Germany. And a little boy is, has an imaginary friend that is Hitler and it looks like it's the type of scenario where he's l- learning the ways that his, in, it looks like his community wants him to be, but he's starting to have conflicts with that internally. So it definitely looks lighthearted with these very serious issues.
1: And it looks weird. Like, can we <laughs> just say it, it looks weird?
0: <laughs> but it's definitely on my radar. So in addition, and uh, having Tycho Waititi td actually in it as well, it also has Scarlett yeah. Johansson. As Hitler. <laughs> yeah. As Sam Rockwell in there as well. Um, and I think we saw Stephen Merchant. He's in there as well. So I'm very curious for it. All right. So probably the biggest preview that we saw from the film was Rise of Skywalker.
1: Oh, how yes. Are you, how
0: do you feel about this one, Corey?
1: Well, it, it was definitely a little bit of a shocker seeing the, uh, what what we perceived to be as Evil Ray.
0: Yeah, she was all red. She had the red lightsaber. And, and black. Yeah, so she definitely Rogue had more of the Sith look. So, who
1: knows? And, you know, they, they, they could be teasing our mind. This could be like a weird dream sequence or who knows what was really <laughs> going on in that scene. you know, you know movies right. have definitely done stuff like that before.
0: <laughs> but we are nonetheless looking forward to these, this final story in the saga another preview we saw is birds of prey which is the okay. the dc yes. female i don't know if you they're not really superheroes or i mean i guess i don't know anyway because you've got harley quinn you have black canary who else was in there
1: and you got what's the name reprising her role as harley quinn
0: well yeah it's margot robey yeah, margot Robbie. and do you remember some of the others that were in there the other uh, birds characters pre-
1: or, or actresses characters Uh, you mentioned Black Canary, Uh, I believe Huntress. Okay. And uh, it's been a while since I've seen the preview, so.
0: Well, I found the preview to be kind of bizarre, so I'm not totally sure how the plot really is going to be played out. So we'll see. I hope only good things for it, and I do hope that it'll be a success. It just, the preview definitely had an odd feel to it.
1: I kind of feel like that the success will be on the same lines as Suicide Squad, kind of. Well, it'll hopefully be, it'll be kinda better. Kind of so-so, but yeah, we'll see.
0: <laughs> it, um, But it does have a good cast. I know that Mary, I think her name is Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I think she's playing Black Canary. I'd have to go back and look to see who some of the other people were, but I do know that Ewan McGregor, he looks like he's kind of the villain of the story or, or like the ringleader um, in a sense. So we shall see. Speaking of Ewan McGregor, he was also in another preview that we saw, which was Dr. Sleep. And this is kind of like the sequel to The Shining, so it's like the little boy who is now grown up. And mm. I, again, I'm not totally sure where the plot's going to take us. It just definitely looks eerie and interesting.
1: And I am ashamed to say that I still have not seen the actual two-hour movie of Stephen King's Shining.
0: Right, you only saw the miniseries. Yeah,
1: I've just—I've not seen the Jack Nicholson shiny i know it's a classic that i'm missing out on and that that will be rectified <laughs>
0: <laughs> well it is a classic it, it's kind of you watch it and you're still not totally sure what you're watching
1: so because <laughs> it's a kubrick film if i'm not mistaken yes, it so is and that, that is kind of typical of your kubrick films
0: yes all right Corey. now it is time for a side of bacon
1: oh boy okay it's been so long i got to r- remind myself what my connection was
0: I think so you'll remember quick. We're going Link.
1: from, yeah, remind me who we're going from. Who to, So, who
0: we are connecting Jake Gyllenhaal to Patrick Wilson.
1: Jake Gyllenhaal to Patrick, Patrick Wilson. Wilson. Ah, we, I got it. Yeah, yes. we both
0: have it with one more. linking
1: actor. Yes, we do.
0: So, would you like for me to go first, or you want to go first? Well,
1: yeah, because you, you told me what yours was, and you said you got it pretty quick, and after you told me that... I, after I started working on my connection, like, oh, okay, well, this has to be the connection that you use, and I can't be the same as you, so I had to work, like, three times as hard to come up with another connection, <laughs> just so that we weren't the same.
0: All right, so mine <laughs> is using the great and wonderful Samuel L. Jackson. And so, Jake Gyllenhaal and Samuel L. Jackson, they were in, of course, um, Spider-Man Far From Home together, and Samuel L. Jackson and Patrick Wilson were in Lakeview Terrace Which together. Which is a
1: really interesting movie.
0: Yes. <laughs> so, what's your connection, Corey?
1: Okay, well, I'm going from Jake Gyllenhaal to... Patrick Wilson.
0: Oh, you're no, talking about Dennis your connection. No,
1: Dennis Quaid. Yeah. And Day After Tomorrow, a yes. week was where Dennis Quaid played uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's dad. Yes. And I'm going from Dennis Quaid... To Patrick Wilson in The Alamo. Yes. And way a lot back of people then. kind of forget that disagreeable because he wasn't in the main part of the movie that took place at the Alamo. He played Sam Hewson, who was in charge of the battle that was after the disaster of the Alamo. Right.
0: <laughs> so I say good job to both of us. We did we did just the two movie connections, which is always so nice. Alright, so my pick of the week is Margot Robbie, and I'm going off of the, the fact that we saw her in The Birds of Prey. Review.
1: okay well since i'm going from one of our picks of the week okay. i'm going with bruce greenwood okay who did the batman and under the red hood
0: good job all right so we have margot roby to bruce greenwood
1: and he's been around so that's yeah. gonna to be too hard
0: thanks for listening to movie shell
1: and if you want to hit that subscribe button and if you're listening on your apple device give <laughs> a rating and leave us a comment and let us know what you think
0: And be sure to check our show notes page for links to the movies we've discussed, as well as our bacon notes. We'll catch you next time, you guys. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.